to Are Your Parents Proud of You? I'm your host, Matthew Schufreiter, and this week, I don't know where Connor is yet again. But no worries, I called up one of my friends and current actor. Please say hello and introduce yourself. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, my name is Benjamin Ortiz, and yes, thank you for having me, Matt. Yes, Ben, we met in an acting class, uh, what, 2018? Yeah. Yeah, well, it was uh, with, with Stephanie Shaw, who was on the podcast. Yeah, 2018, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we've done, we've done what, one scene together in the two years we've known each other? With Michael Brown. Yeah, with Michael Brown in a comedy class. In the comedy of wit, manners, of, and character. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly have done better in the class than I did. Well, the reason why I have asked Ben to be on the show today is because our guest today is a current professor at Columbia College Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Scott Olson, and you've had Scott in several classes. Um, I've had him in a class, but he has been teaching at Columbia for a long time. What do you remember about Scott as a teacher? Oh man! Oh man! No, he's he's great. He's definitely my my favorite teacher, acting teacher, because his approach is so different. Like he he really doesn't care about like all the. It, it's not that he doesn't care about it, but it's it's not the main, the important, the most important thing for him, like the technicalities and uh, the script analysis and all of this. Mm-hmm. It's more about being in, in the moment and mm-hmm. living the moment, like just being present with each other and just feeding off from what the other actors are giving you and just having fun, mm-hmm. having a great imagination and being very specific with your choices. That's what I remember most from Scott's uh, classes. Um, but he's also a great person yeah. and and performer because I mean last year 2019 he was he was in five six shows five shows yeah um, it's insane he's been in some really good stuff around Chicago uh, he was in the Normal Heart he was in the Warrior Class he was in Corona uh, yeah. he was in Red Velvet he was in The Veil. Uh, much to do about nothing. He's been acting for a long time. And in this episode, we talked to Scott about growing up in Pennsylvania, uh, his time with the National Theater Conservatory, and just some some fun highlights from being a professor at Columbia College Chicago. So, away we go, listeners. Hi, Scott. Hello. Thanks so much for doing this. Of course. Well, we should probably let everyone know that you had me as a te- as a student. I did my first acting class, but you've had Ben for multiple twice. Classes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. So let's put some butts in seats. Um, who's your favorite? Um, <laughs> and we, but we all know the answer, right? It's it's you. It's right? my answer. Well, I think I think it depends on like what aspect we're looking at. Oh, very true. You know, you know, if we're talking about like somebody to, you have in class who's like. Friendly and fun, that would be you. Okay, great. <laughs> but in terms of the real... It's kind of like a challenge. Ben. <laughs> uh, what classes did you have Ben for? Uh, scenes, performance and analysis, and act... Uh, I'm sorry, I almost called it by the old name. Advanced Acting Workshop, formerly Ooh. known as Acting 4. Mm-hmm. They changed it this year. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know why. What was that like, Ben, having Sky as a professor? Well, Matt, it was the only option I had. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. No, it was great. It was Do great. you know I can still go back in and change grades at this point? Really? I don't think well. so. <laughs> no, it was great. Scott, Scott is definitely the best teacher I've had, oh. acting teacher. And no, and like seriously, Scott, thank wow. you. Because you, you taught us how to just be us mm-hmm. and live in the moment, and mm-hmm. that's something, um, I, I think that's the important part of this business, yeah. just... Just be yourself and don't overthink anything and just go for it. Mm-hmm. And 
commit, have fun. Mm-hmm. Have fun. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will say about Scott, you were my first acting professor at the school. And I, I will agree with that by saying you were probably my favorite. Oh, my gosh. You just, you didn't fake a thing. You were very open and very hard and very... <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, I should probably say, do you remember my first scene in that class? Mm-hmm. Yeah, love and information scene yep. with a particular actor. Yep. Um, I, I don't think you know this. So, did you guys do love and information? No, because he wasn't in Foundation. Oh, yeah. Um, so that whole play, there's no character, um, no scene. It's just There's no through line yeah, for anything. It's just a title and then just lines. And so the, yeah. so the goal was me and the partner had to make up a scene. And I think... I forgot what was our card. I think it was called like Secret or something. Yeah, it was Secret. Yeah. 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 And yeah. we thought it would be a great idea for our scene to be taking place at a nail salon. And I'm doing my partner's nails. And we thought, oh, this would be really funny. And then we did it. And it was not funny at all. <laughs> like you could drop a pen and an F-bomb during that because it was really bad. No, I, no, no, no. It was not bad. I would not say it was bad. Okay. I would say that the choices that you made were not the stronger. You guys thought that it was funny yep. just like being in the nail salon and we're sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. Why are they, <laughs> yeah. why are they having this conversation? Now, it didn't help. I did not know how to do someone's nails. And so you were like, well, you should probably paint their nails. And so I did. And I just... I didn't. I missed the nails completely. I oh, started doing the fingers. Into but I, we could. I, I never knew that. I couldn't see that. It looked really good when you were doing it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's why we were hers. <laughs> you spent hours so like. Pretty much, we had to find like the right color. I think we did purple just because. Who doesn't love purple? I don't. Okay. Well, luckily <laughs> you were not in the class. But your second scene was great. That was Thief River. Yes. Your second scene was phenomenal. I love that scene, except for the final day when the partner showed up late. Yeah, wow. Well, that was, but, you know, that happens. But I reread that play. I'm like, oh, that's such yeah, a great It is play. a really great play, but you guys did great in that scene. I appreciate it. And now, again, that was a fun class, but I saw many sides of you, too. Not because, not because of me. I don't know how you've seen, but I've seen, like, you happy. I've seen you sad. I've seen you <laughs> angry. There, I remember you yelling at people um, and what I took away from that class was that's like a make it or break it for some actors if, yeah, they, wa- if they want to continue it can be and yeah. it should be do you yeah. know what I mean for sure like the, that, that class is like everybody coming in and it's usually in the first year or close to the first year and trying to figure things out and you know how do I want to phrase this like I want everyone to have a chance I want everyone to be a better actor mm-hmm when they leave than when they come into the class. But I also think at that level, sometimes people are finding out, you know what, maybe I, this isn't the right thing for me. And that's part of coming to school. It's part of what we should be doing. Yeah. But it's, it's, I think after that semester ended, I didn't see anyone. That can be like that. Like maybe five people <laughs> I've, I've seen have either graduated or I've seen after that yeah. semester. Yeah. Wow. Like the... the no, it was a pretty big class. It was a very big class. I was gonna say, how, how large was it? Uh, it was at least 20 something. Yeah, it was like, it, let's see, we're, we're now at 24. Okay. But we were at one point up to 30, but that was after you. <laughs> so I'm gonna say we were probably at the 26th yeah. range then. So, not including me, five people yeah. I've seen graduated, but yeah. everyone else I've seen drop out or. They've done something else. But that's even true of like, well, actually, your scene class was a really good scene class. But 
there's at least 25% of those students that I never saw again. Why do you think people drop out? Because it's hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's not like it's, like, you know, hard like math or anything like that. But, you know, I, I think people sometimes have a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, like a fantasy version of what they think being an actor is. Mm-hmm. And when they find out what it really is, and especially about, like, what the actual world of acting is and everything that you go through... They they decide that they're not the right type for it, and I be, and I'm uh, a believer in that. Like you have to have a certain sort of personality and constitution to really mm. make not make it, but to last. Yeah, you know. Um, and I think people suddenly find out that that's not that's not who they are. It's a reality, and that's joke. that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You know. And it can work the other way. I mean, I think I had the same idea when I went to undergraduate. And then when I started to actually be in the program, I was like, oh, this is better than what I thought it was going to be. This is more fun. Let's keep going. I, when I was doing radio, I had a, um, my teacher told me this story of um, this student who wanted to do radio. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through, he was like, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And the teacher was like, well, what do you want to do? He goes, I think I want to be a chef. And so he dropped out of Columbia, and now is a full-time chef at Caesar's Palace in Vegas. That's great. Wow. I, I had a student, this is years ago before we had foundations, when we had different classes. And I had a student, I had him in what the class was called Basic Skills, which was the first acting class. Yeah. And he, he was pretty good, you know, and it, you know, Basic Skills was like half of foundations, too, is basically what it was. And he did good in that class. Then he took the scene study class with me. And he didn't do nearly as good. And then he took advanced scene study. And he came to me one day and he said, I'm not doing really well in this class. I said, no, you're not. (laughs) I said, I'm glad you're aware of that because we need to have a conversation because things are just not going well. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't really know what to do. And I said, well, here's a suggestion I'm going to make. You went acting class, acting class, acting class. Why don't you take a break from an acting class? Mm -hmm. And then we were talking because his grade was like a C, Mm -hmm. maybe. Um, And then uh, I said, is there any class you have right now that you're doing really well in that you love? Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, fiction writing. I said, well, what are you getting in that right now? It's about midterm. He's like an A. I was like, why don't you take another fiction writing class and see where that goes? And then I never, I didn't hear from him for a long time. And I get something in my mailbox, this envelope, and I open it up. This was a couple years after he graduated, and I forget what the magazine was, but it was his first published story. Really? And he sent it to me with a little note that said, I have to thank you for pushing me away from acting and into something that I love. And he's now like, he's a novelist. He writes books. He's... He's doing really well for himself. That's awesome. That's amazing but that's also yeah. part of like what we have to, like I think, it's what we should be yeah. doing here. I mean, say how often do, especially acting professors, do they talk to their students about, are you sure you want to do this? Oh, Is I that... do that all the time. Really? Yeah. yeah. What are those conversations like? Um, well, I just kind of, I don't know. I just kind of talk to, the, like, I think I talked to your class about that. Yeah, and I think it's, like, the way you approach it is more like, um, like an introspection. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, if you really enjoy it and if you're yeah. having fun, like, the, the thing you talked about is um, if if you're acting and if, if you're in a scene or you're performing and you're not enjoying it and you're just worrying about what the audience might think or if I did this wrong or right or uh, I should have done this or that. I mean, we always have those thoughts sometimes right. in performances and oh, afterwards. Sure. But like, 
I think what Scott really always encouraged us to do was to find the fun in it. Mm-hmm. And if we really connected to it and to just to having fun and having a good time and really being passionate about it, mm-hmm. that's the path we should take. But yeah. The other thing I tell students all the time is if when you get out of here, if you get a job in something, you know, that's your, your day job or whatever you want to call it, and you actually find like like it mm-hmm. and you really enjoy it, I'm like then got then stick <laughs> with it. Because I mean this is a it's a it's a it's a difficult business and it can wear you down. And I think that's what I mean when you just have to be the right person mm-hmm. um, to stick with it. Maybe it means you're a little crazy. I don't know. But, you know. Do you, when you come into a foundations class, do you know immediately who can stay and who can stick? Or no. does it take over time? Okay. No. no. You kind of watch. Yeah. You kind of see. And, there, and I, can be, I can be wrong on both and I tend to be wrong a little bit more on people that I think can stick around and don't, and they surprise me. I mm-hmm. get very surprised at the people that I've, the students that I've had that I think are just like phenomenal, and they drift away from it either while they're still in, at school or not. Mm-hmm. But occasionally, occasionally, a student who I'm like Mm-mm, surprises me. Yeah, you know, that's how I felt about the Thief River scene. Not to say like I didn't think I was doing bad. But I think up to that point, I felt, well, I'm not connecting with some students. I know I'm connecting with Scott and mm-hmm. Precious, the, your other co-teacher you taught. You co-taught teach yeah. this class. Yeah. Um, and I thought, geez, I'm not finding the right, either right material or I'm not doing something right. And I don't know if right is the right word. I don't think it is. No, because I, I don't think you can do, in acting, I don't think there's anything wrong. There's nothing wrong about a scene. Right. Not, I always say that there's no right. It's, it's not a right or wrong situation. Exactly. Like when I was TAing my students last fall, I said to them, that's a good choice, mm-hmm. but why? And then they're like, oh, well, we didn't think of why. Well, now you need right. a reason. Can, we, and can then we make that a better choice, yeah. a stronger choice, a this choice? But I don't ever think that there's anything like completely wrong. Mm-hmm. There's just sometimes you're like, well... That's a choice, but let's see if it's, we can find something like else. Along. Well, that was, a, <laughs> that was a choice, but well, now we're stuck with it. Now. <laughs> um, how long have you been teaching at Columbia? Are you? Oh on? my gosh, it is twenty-one years. Are you one of the longest tenured professors there? I'm not tenured. No. I'm an adjunct. Oh yeah. So are you one of the long, longest? No, the people here have been teaching here longer really? than me. Yeah, Christy Bramlett. She's she's the one who got me here, so she's been teaching okay. a little right. bit longer than me. I think. Uh, I think Claire Nolan's been here longer. Celeste, I don't know. There's a bunch of people that have been here longer than me. Okay. So, so the, I think then the next question is, speaking of choices, not yeah. acting choices, but life choices. Yeah. Like what? What made you come to Chicago? Oh, Chicago. Chicago. That you're gonna ask me, Columbia. No, not Columbia. <laughs> I mean you, that too. But like, uh, yeah. It's, did you grow up in Pennsylvania? I grew up in Pennsylvania, yeah. I went to grad school in uh, Denver at the National Theater Conservatory. Mm-hmm. And I and two of my uh, fellow students, we started a summer stock theater company up in Minnesota, southeastern Minnesota, um, uh, the year after we graduated. And I did that, went back to Denver, um, and then came back for the second summer and knew I didn't want to go back to Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I didn't have enough money. I would, my intention was to go back to New York because I wanted to be back east with my family, but I didn't have enough money to do that. And I had a friend from 
undergraduate school who was living here in Chicago at the time mm -hmm. and who was acting at the time. And he said to me, you should come to Chicago. You could probably get a job and get save some money. You could probably do some work here before you go to New York. You can stay with me until you get a place. And so I, he was the only person I knew in Chicago. I'd never even been here to yeah. the city. I just sort of, mm -hmm. we just drove in and stayed on the floor of his studio apartment for five days because I, I didn't realize he had a studio apartment. I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. i got to get out of here. <laughs> um, and then I did not have the intention of staying here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. But I would say within the first four years that I was here, by the time I, but that, by the time I was about four years in, I was like, you know what? I really love this city. Mm -hmm. I, love the, I love the fact that this city... Not so much anymore, but back then, there were parts of the city where I felt like, oh, this is very much like New York or Philadelphia, cities that I grew up in. But there were also these wonderful neighborhoods and parks and places that felt smaller and nicer, and I just loved that balance. Yeah. And, um, and then I would also say, too, like once I started working consistently, because it took a long time to do that, once I started working consistently or somewhat consistently then I was like oh no I really want to stay here mm -hmm. nice I've been yeah, here yeah. for 30 years jeez wow yeah you had an original goal right you know when you say them I mean Chicago for long what was your original goal go to New York and um It's sort of, I don't know, it's kind of nebulous, I guess, because at the time, it was 1990, so I was like, I could go to New York, uh, I really want to, you know, work, I, wa I didn't even want to work on Broadway, that was not ever, I was like, I want to work off Broadway, I want to work at all those places, um, all those theater companies that I knew that I used to go see shows off Broadway when I was in school, and... And there was then, and I was like, and I could maybe work on Law and Order, and that would you do what I you know, yeah, because yeah, that was like yeah, the thing. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, and there's still some like independent film. And I had been to L.A. and I hated every moment <laughs> really? I was there from the moment I got off the airplane till the moment I got back on the airplane. I'm like, I hate everything that exists here. What did you hate about it? Everything, everything, everything. everything. I, I mean, if you said to me, can you name one good thing about L.A. when you were there? My answer is. Uh, well, I was going to say no, but no, I bought a really great uh, leather jacket in a used clothing store that I had for years. It was really cheap, and I had a really good um, meal at this one Mexican restaurant. Other than that, no. Because it was just, it's just like, I don't know, I, I don't know, how do I, how do I phrase this? I grew, even though I grew up in a small town, it was only 90 minutes from New York City. Mm. So I'm familiar with New York, it's also 90 minutes from Philadelphia, it's the halfway point. Yeah. So I'm familiar with those kinds of cities. These are the cities where if I need to get somewhere, I hop on a train or I hop on a bus or yeah. I do walk or I do this or I do that. And LA is just like car mm -hmm. central and I'm like, no, yeah. not for me. Yeah. Ben, you spent a month in L.A. this past January, right? Yeah, almost a month, like th three weeks, and I loved it. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I didn't like that there, there's no public transportation. Like, you do need a car yeah, you, you do. if you're in L.A. Mm. Um, but, I mean, the weather was also... Let's, people, most of the people were very pretentious, to be yes. honest. Uh, yeah. And yes. that's what I didn't like. The only thing that I really didn't like about L.A. But, um, but... But yeah, like the weather was nice, the city was nice. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't see much of the mm -hmm. city. I just went to like to the touristy places. But but yeah, oh, liked very it. cool. 
So speaking of Pennsylvania, yeah. that's where you grew up as it a is kid. Where I grew up. What were you like as a kid? <laughs> that's a very general question. But um, well, I, I, hmm, how do I, where do I start? I was very imaginative in the sense that I have. Uh, three sisters and a brother, mm-hmm. but they're all older than me. There's a nine-year age gap oh, between geez. me and my closest oh. sibling. So um, they were all somewhat on their way to being grown up uh, when I was a little kid. And f- and in another like bizarre set of circumstances, when I was a little kid, there were no other little kids on my block. Oh, really? Like, and as soon as I was older, there was a whole ton of little kids, so it was just me. So <laughs> I, I, I just... I, I, I played a lot with, like, I had all kinds of toys. Mm -hmm. And I played a lot. And when I did, I always followed, like, like television mm-hmm. in the sense that I would come home and I would play and we would be like at a cliffhanger of the story and I'd stop so it would be like and we'll you have to tune in tomorrow after school to find out what happens and I just sort of I don't know I think I also read a lot mm-hmm. so I think it was a combination of those two things when you're when you're um, when you're a child and, and you don't have anybody really close around to play with you, which I didn't have until I went to school, um, you you utilize yourself and you utilize your imagination. Is it true, I read an interview that you did, oh God. that um, <laughs> you got the bug from lip syncing in an opera in sixth grade? Oh, that's true. No, really? that is true. That's true. That's the first thing I ever did. I'm all in the night visitors. Um, we, di- we did the whole sixth grade class. Did it. We did it in the planetarium. So we oh. had, it was really, it was really like our set was great because we had the stars and everything. But of course, we can't sing. So all of us, not just me, all of us lip synced <laughs> to a recording of A Mall of the Night Visitors. But then in the spring, we did um, Singing Tom Sawyer. Oh, which was a musical version of Tom Sawyer. Okay. And that we actually spoke and sang. So on your resume, you can lip sync. Do you have that? I guess. You know, I I did that, and I I did a lip sync thing in college once, too, for a cabaret. So put that on the resume. It's been too long. I never thought about that. I should probably probably have that on, like, special skills. Yeah, you'd be great in silent theater. You can lip sync. Yeah. Um, well, so is that when you got, that's when you got the bug? Kind of. I mean, I mean, I think I actually got the bug earlier in the sense that it was, this is a sort of like funny story. My parents bought my sister this toy called the showboat, like an old Mississippi showboat. And it was pink and plastic, Mm -hmm. but at the center was a stage and on the, on the floor of it, it literally said, center, uh, downstage, center, upstage, right thing. And then it had cardboard sets that you'd put three pieces of sets in. It had cardboard characters, and it came with a script. And you could do four. do Pinocchio, Wizard of Oz, Cinderella, and Heidi. And she had no interest in it. And I was like... This is something I can do. Yeah. I can, and so and so I would like when I first had it. I would read the scripts and everything, and then eventually I was like, okay, I'm tired of this. <laughs> what if I just bunt a bunch of characters from the different things? We'll choose this set and we'll do a play. We'll do a story, and, and right. this would occupy me for like hours. Wow! Because I would, I would, and I would, I would literally just put like them all in a bag and pull out. Okay, you six. Okay, what's the story we're gonna do? All right, we'll do that, and then we're gonna be on this set. And then I would just go from there. So I think that's where the actual bug came. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> the real reason—I mean, the real reason I started to then do anything in high school was 
I had a meeting with my guidance counselor. We all had a meeting when mm-hmm. we were sophomores. And he said to me, so what, do you, what are your plans? What are you thinking about doing after high school? And I had not thought about it at all, <laughs> other than the fact that I knew I was going to go to college. I didn't know what I was going to study. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it. I was like, who can think about that now? I'm too busy dealing with the, with the future. I'm dealing with now. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, no, 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 I have no idea. No. <laughs> and then he said, well, do you have some hobbies? And I'm like, well, yeah, sort of. And then he's like, well, sometimes people uh, will take their hobbies and make it into a career. And I was like, well, you know, I live in a small town. And I was like, well, I do go to the movies every week right, on Friday night when the new movie comes into town. <laughs> so that's like and I did those shows when I was in sixth grade I was like I guess I should join the theater group and see how that goes and that was it <laughs> so that's how it works that's how it works <laughs> you see a movie there was no, right, there was no intense passion from the time I was two <laughs> it's just you don't know what to do you see movies and then you'd be like I did I will say this I, I, I was uh, in the choir okay. in, in, at school from sixth grade all the way on that's something that I always did I really liked singing um And so there was a performance aspect that I was already doing, Mm -hmm. but it was not necessarily an acting performance. For sure. So. Nice. And so um, when you you decided to go to theater Mm -hmm. in school, like, what did your parents think of that? My father was uh, really supportive Mm -hmm. because um, he... uh, worked at a job that he didn't like. In fact, he hated his job all of his life. But he worked at it because he liked having kids and wanted to provide for his family. But one of the things that he stressed to all of us was to not do something just to make money. Find something that you love to do and do it so that you're happy doing it. Mm -hmm. So he'd seen me perform in shows in school and and sing in the choir and everything he knew was what I wanted to do. And he, oddly enough, was 100% supportive. My mother, no. She was always, every time I had a class that was not a theater class, I'd be like, oh, I had this, you know, religion class that was really interesting. Maybe you could, maybe you could minor in that, maybe you could double major. I'm like, no, I just like the class. (laughs) But she did not come around until uh, in the middle of grad school, I spent a summer working at Idaho Shakespeare Festival, and, and she flew out. Um, to see the shows and after she saw the first show she said to me she looked at me and she goes okay now I understand this now I understand she said because she said I knew that was you because I recognize you but that was not you up there and I saw how much you enjoyed it and so now I understand it which is good because I was already like two thirds of my way through grad school it's like well (laughs) good game around now (laughs) that's great like that moment of realization from the parents oh it's such a good feeling Yeah. Why do you think we call it Are Your Parents Proud of You? <laughs> because if, when they are, it feels really good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, did your siblings ever do theater? Or perform my, at all? The only thing I can think of is I know my sister Janice was in a show in high school. Okay. Uh, I remember being taken to that. And, I re- and then here's what I remember. She was supposed to pick up a f- the phone. was supposed to ring. She was supposed to pick up a phone and answer it. And the phone didn't ring. So she picked it up to dial, and that's when it rang. That's what I remember about that show. And you knew right from yeah, right that's then it. there. I want to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, not at all. They're, I mean... Uh, my oldest sister is a little bit creative just because she was an advertise. She did advertising in um, mag- magazines, so. mm-hmm. a little bit. Okay. 
And what was your time in college like? Did you oh did you God. grow even more as a I person? I loved being in college. Really? College was college was like it was an incredibly beneficial thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. I went to a, a liberal arts school. Um, they had a great theater program. It was fairly new, okay. but it had a really good reputation. And like there were fourteen theater majors in my graduating class, wow. and that includes like both tech and acting. So like oh. it's oh really actually, that's actually like <laughs> only like seven performance <laughs> majors. That's the side of our. So class. like the, the good thing is is like you're kind of like I'm probably going to get some good stuff at yeah. some point in time. Um, but it opened my eyes because when I went to a high school that did, in the fall you did a children's theater and in the spring you did a musical. Okay. And I was doing lots of, the, the other good thing about where I grew up is there were tons of community theater. Mm. I mean, it was amazing. But they did all musicals. So I was sort of like, and I could dance. And so I would, and, and sing, okay, but I mean, I could dance. So I was sort of like, I'm a musical theater person and like, I like, <laughs> I love the movie Fame and all that jazz. And I'm going to go to New York and go to these dance calls and do all of this stuff and this is all I knew yeah. and then I get to I get to Muhlenberg where I went to school and like the first two shows is like here you're going to do a David Mamet and a um, Moliere and I'm like oh this is cool yeah. and even there's no singing I like it it's yeah. great you know and the more that I learned about about straight plays and playwrights and I had a terrific acting teacher he was f- just phenomenal that was really beneficial along with the fact that I just May probably not that I didn't, but for the first time in my life, I had a really incredible, tight knit group of friends. Really, yeah. I mean, I I was sort of a, a, a not a loner and an outsider before that, mm-hmm. and to have that that sort of just brought me out of my shell, and it was really great. But it's like when those people who did struggle in high school when they go to college. Their life, I think, has changed. Yeah, and yeah. the ones who say do very well in high school. It's almost like the one complete 180, and that's Absolutely. crazy to me. But it's but I think it's right. <laughs> yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Like I think it's, it's like the right thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went with, when I, the fall of my senior year. I was I, I went up to see one of the schools that I was thinking about with uh, two people that they weren't great friends, but we had done like musicals together, and, mm-hmm. and there was a girl there that had graduated the year before that I knew, and she came around and was talking with us, and I can remember walking. I didn't go to the school, but I can remember walking uh, around campus, and she looked at me, and she said, let me tell you the great thing about college. I said, what? She goes, all the people that were unpopular are popular, and all the people that were, were popular are unpopular. And then, I go to, and then I go to Muhlenberg, and the other people that are with me from my high school is, like, one of the football stars and the head cheerleader. And, like, if you gave their names to anybody... At Muhlenberg, they'd be like, I have no idea who that is. Wow. And you if you gave my name, they'd be like, oh, yeah, he's the acting guy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Noise. Noise. Oh, God. Um, so after Muhlenberg, you went to the National Theater Conservatory. Right? I did, not directly. Oh, okay. I, I actually, uh, I actually um, got an internship. I, I had about six months where I did summer stock, and then I was working in a bank. And then... Uh, <laughs> As every actor do. Wait, in the loan department. Ooh! I, but the job that I had, it was ridiculous. I had no no qualification, no skills for this whatsoever. And they hired me, and what I was doing was I would get the loans from the... I was at, the, like, the central bank. I would get the loans 
from all of the th- banks, and I had to check to make sure it was filled out, and I had to make sure the math was correct. Oh, and I'm just laughing because oh, I'm no. like, if you had only known the grades I had in math, <laughs> but you're letting me do this, so okay. Well, because you look good in the suit, and that's what people look <laughs> Um, but anyway, I got an internship for six months at Florida Studio Theater down in Sarasota. Okay. And I did the internship, and at the end of the internship, they said, we'd like to hire you um, for next season to be uh, one of the understudies, and then we also are going to give you a job working with a literary manager in the literary department. Okay. So I spent a year reading plays. I mean, literally, that was my job. I'd come in and, and, and read plays or send letters to playwrights, and then I understudied and then I went to the National Theater Conservatory after that. Mm-hmm. So I had like a two-year gap. Okay. And what was your time there like? Uh, great. Yeah? Yeah. How did you, did you know about it going in, or how, how did you get involved? <laughs> okay, well, here's another interesting story of like, my life is nothing but like, <laughs> like being at the right place at the right time sometimes. <laughs> so um, when I was getting ready to leave Florida, because I didn't want to stay, mm-hmm. um, I I saw it, I think, in American Theater Magazine that the National Theater Conservatory had a summer program. Mm-hmm. And I had originally, when I first went to undergraduate, I first went to Penn State, mm-hmm. but I only stayed, it was a, that was a quarter thing. I only stayed for two quarters because I hated it. And um, that was another thing where I just, like, I made this decision without asking my parents <laughs> because, like, I, when I, I called them and I said, so, you know, when I'm coming home after in February, they're like, yeah, I'm like, well, I'm staying. And they're like, what? And they were like, I'm staying. I'm, I'm transferring out of here. They're like, well, where are you transferring? I was like, well, don't worry. I've already applied. I'm transferring to New York. <laughs> and they're like, well, shouldn't we talk about this? I'm like, well, I already did it. Like, don't worry. Done. We're good to go. Oh, it's done. Yeah. So just, it's like, just follow my lead. Um, um, but I saw... So I didn't want to have that, like I knew I wanted to grad school, but I didn't want to have that same experience of making the wrong decision. And I thought to myself, I could do this. And then I looked at like the price for the summer for both um, tuition and housing. And I was like, that's exactly how much money I've saved up here in Florida. I I can do this. (laughs) So I went to the summer program and and I really liked it. And Mm -hmm. so I thought to myself, okay, so now go home, live at home, get a job, Mm -hmm. save some money try to like find loans or try to convince my parents to like loan me something mm-hmm. anyway so the last day of class i had just done like our our production the night before mm-hmm. and all through this summer there were all of these people who were alternates they had auditioned for the regular program or alternates they were like it was like a it was like being in some sort of like medieval battle because somebody had dropped out and they were all like gung-ho for it and it was like me and two other girls who were not there so the three of us became friends and hung out because we were like we have no interest in this battle that everybody Mm -hmm. has and that made us maybe a little more appealing anyway I'm I'm walking to the school and the head of the conservatory pulls up in his car he rolls out his window he goes don't move I need to talk to you (laughs) so he pulls into the parking lot and he comes up and this is how he does this is how he says this to me he goes so do you want to come here or what I said, okay, well, I said on the first day of class, I said I wanted to come here. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it. But I said, you know, I'm not planning this. He goes, well, we all met last night, and it was a unanimous decision that we'd like you to take the spot that's open this fall. 
And me being polite boy from Pennsylvania said, oh, thank you so much, but I'm not an alternate. So you should choose one of the alternates. And he like rolled his eyes and goes, I know you're not an alternate. We all know we don't want any of the alternates. We'd like you. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, well, I just spent all my money to come here. And he's like, well, see if you can do that. He said, but here's what we've, what we've come up with. Because he was actually leaving to go to ACT in San Francisco. Okay. And he said, um, if we, you can do it now, great. If you can't, we'll uh, reserve a spot for you for the following year. Wow. I'm like, okay. He goes, or you can come to ACT with me and, and the same thing. You can come now or I can oh, reserve yeah. a spot for you at ACT. And so like, Whoa. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta talk to my parents about this. So <laughs> you talk to I don't, well, well, I don't say anything until I get off the plane because oh, I flew into Newark because it was cheaper. So yeah. that's like a, like a almost a two hour ride home. So I was like, okay, great. So I was like, so funny thing happened to me. <laughs> and, you know, my, my dad was really good about it. He, he said to me, he goes, is this something that you really, really want to do? I said, yeah. He's like, okay, how about if we do this? He said, we will loan you the money for the first year, and then you have to pay everything else. You have to pay housing, and you have to pay for the other, well, it's really only the second year because the third year they paid us. Okay. I was like, great. And it was the same thing, too. Like, I flew in, I flew in like, a month later when it was starting. And I flew in, took a cab from the airport, and walked in. And I said, okay, I need a place to live. <laughs> and and the, the registrar looks at me, and she goes, oh, my God, perfect timing. I go, what? She goes, three of your fellow students just called. They found a four-bedroom house, but they need a fourth. Wow. Here, call this number. It's and then I like got in another cab and like went to the house wow. and I met three of my students. I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take the small room. <laughs> no, it's like if if you had if you had planned to do it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have worked out, out that yeah, way. Yeah, no. no, there there have been like it, and it continues to happen a lot in my life where it's just a a, a thing of like I happen to be in the. Not that, not all the time. I'm not mm -hmm. that blessed, but some major things have happened where I'm in the right place at the right time, and yeah, yeah, yeah. everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. Oh just, no, I'm they just, ran out of questions. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of, of of that story, like of your stories, because yeah, it's if it, it, if you plan those things out, they don't work out. So no. it's just mm -hmm. like hap everything happens for a reason, and mm -hmm. so. It's, it's very interesting. Very curious. Yeah. Um, so you say your dad took it well. What did your mom think? Well, you know, she probably was not happy about it. Yeah. I, think, I, think, I think she was not happy about it because I think she thought that I was going to be back home in Pennsylvania okay. after being gone in Florida for two years. Did she want you to be something else? Or do you think at this point she thought, well, you're... I think at this point she knew like it was in, like there was no hope. Okay. Oh. <laughs> He's gone. Yeah, you know, but I think... I think her biggest, I mean, her biggest concern back then was that I was going to be far away because most of my family, my brother lived in Michigan for a while, but then he moved back home to Pennsylvania. Um, most of my family at that time, like, stuck around. Yeah. And so it was, I think, and I also think, too, like, they viewed me as that sort of quiet loner kid that I was, mm -hmm. not realizing that I had changed. Like, my sister, when I moved to Chicago, my sister said to me, she goes, I don't know how you do this. How do you just, like, get on a plane or get in a car and go somewhere and not know anyone? She said, I never could do that. And I'm like, I don't know, you just do it. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. Like, it was, I mean, I couldn't do it now. I'm too old. But it was exciting to me back then. It was mm -hmm. like, new city. 
Yeah, new people. New okay. Guys. How long have you got the conservatory for? You three, said three years? Three okay. years. I was at uh, in the conservatory for three years, but I stayed in Denver an extra year because of that. Mm. And was there a certain class? Because like, I know you guys got back together recently. Like, yes, we did. We had our, we, yes, we had our 30-year reunion in, uh, in May, oh. and it was fantastic. Yeah, what did you remember from that class specifically? Any detail or style of oh, acting you guys had? Well, uh, oh, tons of stuff. Um, I think the two things that I... The two things that are the strongest things that I learned there was um, my, f- my f- well, he was an acting teacher more than just the first year, but he was, we had three acting teachers in our first year, and I had one acting teacher, Archie Smith, who was just a, a, a sweet, wonderful human being, but also a wonderful acting teacher. And he, like, he would casually drop things in the middle of class. He'd be working on a scene, and he'd be, he, or with students, he'd be like, I think I understand your problem. He'd be like, when, when Kim Hunter and I were doing Streetcar Named Desire, <laughs> we were working on this checkoff scene, and we were trying to do it on the set. And, like, yeah, that, like, everybody's, like, looking, and I'm the only one who's, like, I'm, like, stop. I'm, like, stop. You have to, like, what is this Streetcar Named Desire thing? He's, like, oh, well, I was the paper boy who comes in, and, and she says, I'm, like, Okay. <laughs> okay. Or like the one time he's talking about Helen Hayes. I'm like, excuse me, what are we talking about here? He's like, well, I played her son, and then we're all like, oh my god. But he would that like that was not like his thing to talk about. But I think his teaching of acting sticks with me almost as much as my undergrad acting teacher, just mm-hmm. because a lot of what I do, a lot of the things that we talk about in class about having fun and and not overthinking and those kind of things, I first got from him. And he was also just really supportive. Like, you knew when you went into that class, he wanted all of us to do well. Mm -hmm. I could completely, with 100% certainty, tell you that the other two acting teachers I had there did not approach class that way. They were more like, we're looking for the good ones, and the Mm -hmm. bad ones were not really paying attention to but Archie wanted every we were 16 of us to start we didn't we didn't all make it make it but he wanted all 16 of us to, to succeed and he made you feel like that was a possibility mm-hmm. um, and then um, the we in my second year we got a new head of the conservatory Malcolm Morrison who was originally from England and he came from North Carolina School of the Arts and there was this thing that I kept thinking about acting that nobody had ever said. And I'm like, I know this must be true. I know this must be true, but nobody has ever said it to me. No teacher's ever said it to me. And we were, Malcolm was directing us in this production of Luther by John Osborne. (laughs) What a play. (laughs) Um, And my friend David was playing a soldier returning from the Hundred Year War. And he was having a really difficult time. And Malcolm just looked and he said, listen, he said, all this stuff that we teach you is just excess. It's tools. He goes, it's not going to help you if you don't have an imagination. If you can't believe that you are a soldier who's been fighting in a war returning, no acting tool is going to help you. And I was like, yes. That's what I've been thinking all this time. It's all about the imagination. Thank you. Thank you for quali- you know, qualifying that for me. Yeah, and, and just speaking of the imagination, like I remember in scenes and in advanced... Advanced acting, acting workshop? workshop. One. <laughs> One. Um, yeah, like, the, I mean, like a lot of lessons I've learned from you, but like the two of the most, of the ones that stick the most, stick out the most to me are um, specificity and imagination. Mm-hmm. 
And like you said, like that's why kids are the best actors ever because they they don't care about what others think. They just commit fully to 100% of their imagination and their situation and the circumstances and just play around. And they're very specific as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well they're one. They, they're 100% in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think... Because they're not thinking. They're not overthinking about exactly. it. Exactly. They're just there. They just pretend. That's what, and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, somebody says to me, what do you do for a living? I'm like, well, I teach people how to pretend, and I pretend myself. <laughs> uh, it's like that style of, like, why... It goes from not why, but why not. Yeah. And that's, like, kind of the style I want to approach to my acting. And it's just one of those, like, why not... But I need to have a reason for it, too. Yeah. 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 Um, you also study under, I'm going to butcher the name, Uta Hagen? Uta Hagen. Uta Hagen. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, boy. I didn't take enough Scott Olsen classes, apparently, to know these no, names. No, it's Uta Hagen. You don't have to take a Scott Olsen class to know Uta Hagen. Oh, Ben. Wow. You're fine. Yeah, I bet you regret using him now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, Udo Hagen. Yes, Udo Hagen. Um, did she also teach at the conservatory? No, no, no. I ta- I took class from Udo Hagen here in oh. Chicago. Oh, really? Um, yes. Wow. Um, like I had her book, uh, Respect for Acting, and I had an acting teacher who used it in grad school. Um, of which that class I failed every exercise um, consistently. Um, it was very frustrating, and I was and I would I would often return to this book and be like, mm. but I also had seen Uta Hagen perform, mm-hmm. and I had seen her in some films, but I also saw her up at uh, the Stratford Festival in Canada, and she came out to do a show back when the Royal George Theater was a touring place Mm -hmm. and I mean she came out for a long period of time it was sort of an open-ended run uh, to do uh, collected stories it was great she was fantastic in it but she worked with she knew the Pivens Mm -hmm. up in Evanston and so she would teach she wanted to teach a class like she does like she did in New York at HB Studios which Mm -hmm. was her husband's place and um so there was this thing in performing when it was a newspaper, and you send in your headshot and resume, and I sent my headshot and resume, and I got picked for the class, and then nice. you, you could get picked for the class to be an observer mm-hmm. or to be an actual performer, and I got to perform, cause, and once I was there, I was like, oh, God, if I had been an observer, I would have killed myself, because they just sat and watched, yeah. but they weren't doing anything, um, and it was phenomenal, if for nothing else. Then we had to do the first exercise, and I was like, okay, here we go. You know, I failed this in grad school. I'm sure she's going to rake me over the coals. <laughs> Sitting there with her poodle on the chair next to her. She had a poodle. No, I'm sorry. The poodle was over here. She had a poodle on the left side, and she had a big giant ashtray on the right side. Because as soon as one cigarette was done, the next one <laughs> did the whole thing. Um, uh, and I did the first exercise, and she was like, okay. Uh, uh, oh, God, how did she say not how do you feel something. And she said, oh, it's some weird question. And then I was talking, and she says, well, I thought that was wonderful. I thought that that was really good. And I'm like, but wait. And then we had a talk one time after class, and I said, I just wanted to talk to you. Like, and told her about the teacher in grad school, and she's like, ah, this is why I don't think anybody should be teaching my stuff if they haven't taught it from me, or if they haven't learned it from me, because they don't understand it. And then when we talked about it, I'm like, okay, now I understand all the mistakes that my teacher in grad school made now that I'm with her. And, and she was great. She, I, I would say, oh my gosh, 
at least 25 to 30 percent of the things that I say in class comes directly from her and directly from that mm-hmm. class. So I took that class with her. I forget how many weeks it was all summer long. And then she came back the following year and did another play called Mrs. Klein at the Royal George. And again, she had the class. And again, she took a lot of us who had taken it the year before and we came back and we worked again and we worked with different scenes. But she was really interesting because there was a limited number of playwrights. It wasn't scenes. There were only like certain playwrights that she would allow you to do scenes from. And her favorite, Neil Simon. (laughs) And I, but I, because when I first got that, I'm like, what? (laughs) And then once I was doing the class, I'm like, oh, she's all about behavior. She's all about what's the real behavior. And that's a Neil Simon play. You know, they're all in an apartment somewhere in New York and making tea and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. How and, much... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Just, yeah, I'm just curious. To, uh, what was the exercise like that you failed in college? I failed all of them. All of them. We did all of the exercises in respect for acting, each one. And what was like the feedback from the teachers that was different from... Well, the here's the problem. Okay, here's why it didn't work, and this is what I learned from her. Yeah. So the first, the first exercise is where you make an entrance, you have a task to do, and then you exit. And then when you do it with, when you actually do it with Uta Hagen, you don't have a choice in your task, it's folding laundry. Um, <laughs> which is why, like, if you were one of those observers, you're like, oh my God, I'm sitting here, it's day Tenth four, <laughs> watching people fold laundry. Um, um, and then the next one, I forget exactly what the next one is. One's a phone call, one's, a, you know, but they're separate. And what it says in her book is, and this is what she means, but people interpret it differently, is that if you're doing an entrance and an exit in the next exercise, you have to be, it has to be solid because we've moved you. Because what would happen was if she didn't like what you did, like your laundry wouldn't, wasn't good, mm-hmm. you had to come back the next day and do it again. You, didn't, you were not allowed to move to love the, the, like the second exercise until she felt you mastered the first. Like, I, laundry, first day, great. Next one, did it four times in a row because it was a phone call. She wasn't believing that I was really listening to somebody or really hearing it. So, but what my teacher did was be like, okay, so now you have an entrance and exit a task and a phone call. Okay, now you have an entrance and exit, a task, a phone call, and this. Oh, you have a this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And we're just, like in grad school being like, oh my God, what are we doing? Like, we have to make sure we have all this stuff. <laughs> it's almost like improv. I, I, I learned a lot of this through improv at school. Um, just, it's not, not, what, it's not about how, look, how good you look. It's all about what's going on in your head. Yeah. And that blew my mind, especially in, in um Improv. I don't know if you did that in, when you were taking improv. Uh, well, well, so, like, when you were talking about it, like, we did, like, the laundry exercise in improv. Huh. It's, and the goal was not not looking like you're doing it well, not, but it's all about but what's going on. Your what head. are you thinking while you're doing yeah. it? Yeah. Well, oh, so, like the circumstances. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, I mean, one of the things that, like, and, and this is what Uta would talk about, is one of the things is it's not just that you're coming in and, like, how, how clean, how precise and clean is folding the laundry. Mm-hmm. It's she makes you write out everything that happened to you that day from the time you got up till the time you're folding laundry. And she wants to see whatever happened. And you, she doesn't want you to do like, like uh, something incredibly dramatic, mm-hmm. but she wants to have like incidents that have occurred that have led you to be in this particular frame of that mind, in this particular mood. And then how does that affect the way you, you do the task? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, 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 when I think about that, I go back to um, when I was in grad school, we could see all, uh, we were connected with the Denver Center. So we could see all the plays for free. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to see Playboy of the Western World and Caitlin O'Connell, an amazing actress, Oh, amazing. 
um, uh, was doing Playboy of the Western World. And there's a scene where she's got dough and she's kneading it. And you start to just watch the way she was doing it because it was getting in sync with what, not, not necessarily what she was saying, but what she was feeling. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that was, a, that was a big eye-opener thing for me. I was like, oh, tasks. Oh, mm-hmm. I can use that. You know. How often when you see good exercises or lessons from your former teachers, do you use it as a professor yourself? Oh, a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. I mean, I, I think that's what we all do. I remember calling my, I remember calling up my undergrad teacher asking if he remembered mm-hmm. this one exercise. This is when I was first teaching here. And he's like, no. And I'm like, you don't, but Charlie, it was like it was like so important. He's like, I'm an old man. I've been teaching here for years. I've done plenty of exercises. And like that's how I am now. Like people will talk about something and I'm like, I don't know. That was 22 years ago. I'm old. Different. A lot of stuff has happened since then. So then, uh, so speaking of Columbia, um, how did you get started at teacher in Columbia? Um, you started out as a substitute, correct? I did. So um, they have like they had a substitute program. A yeah, when ago. Sheldon Patinkin ran the, the theater oh, okay. department, because a lot of the a lot of the teachers back then, more teachers back then than now, um, worked a lot. Okay. And they needed somebody to fill in for classes if they were rehearsing during the day or whatever. And I had done uh, Sheer Madness with Christy Bramlett. That's how I okay. met her. And when I met her, when she was in the show, she had just moved from being a substitute to being, she was going into her first adjunct year. And she had been subbing for Brad Mott, who used to teach in the theater department. And Brad, Brad's a great guy. Brad's a great actor. He worked all the time. I think he still works all the time. Um, but he doesn't live here in Chicago anymore. Um, and uh, she said, I want to connect you with Brad because I think you and Brad would get along and he could use you as a sub. Now, I must say, at this point, I had no interest in being a teacher whatsoever. Okay. In fact, I thought it was a kind of revolting idea. I was like, oh, God, no. But I'll do it. I need money. I'm leaving sheer madness, you know, and, and, and I don't know what I'm going to do. So, yeah, okay. So Brad, Brad was the kind of person who would call me up and be like, what are you doing from January till spring break? I'm like, uh, I guess I'm subbing for your classes. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm in this show at court. So can you just cover that? And then I'll pick it up after spring break. I'm like, yeah. And then the one year, the one, I think this is not the first spring, but the second spring, he did that. And then he called me up sometimes. He's like, so what are you doing after spring break till the end of the school year? I'm like, covering your classes. Clearly, you got another job. So I got a lot of chance to teach, like, a lot. Not just coming in and once, but teaching, like, and then and then Christy got pregnant. She's like, would you fill in for me while I'm on maternity? Yes, of course. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of where it started. And I found out that I really liked it. Like, very quickly, I was like, oh, I really like and the more I did it, I was like, I actually like this more than I like performing. What did you like about it specifically? Was it? Just I loved being with the students. Yeah, um, I loved. Yay. I loved work. No, I do. I really love. Like, I really love being in the classroom with the students. I find it really exciting. I love watching people people perform. I love watching. I love watching them grow. It's just so exciting to like. Sometimes you're a perfect example see where you came in and where you end and you you see that growth and it's just it, it's really good and I have to say the other thing that was happening to me at that same time was I was um, while I was subbing um, I was also I had an agent and I was doing a lot of commercials and um, print work at the time which I really liked and I liked it and I liked money mm-hmm. but I there was this 
personal thing that was going on with me where I was like, my life is nothing except it's only about me. Mm-hmm. It's all about me. Get to this audition. Try to get this. So book this job. Go do the job. Go this. Me, 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 me. And I was like, this is not really what somebody should be doing with their life. They're, they're, and I don't have, I'm not married. don't have kids. Some, you're supposed to be doing something where you give back <laughs> to the world what it's given to you. And when I found teaching, I was like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is what I like. I mean, I just, you know, I, I hate the summer. Mm. I hate the summer. Yeah. When we get to that thing in May, and I'm like, it's such, a, it's a long road to September. I hate it because I'm not in the classroom. Mm-hmm. It just makes me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> this is terrible how I got this job. <laughs> so my, I'd be subbing, and the students were always like, "How come you're a sub? How come you're just a sub? We really like having your class. Why don't you? Why don't you teach here?" And I would just, I don't know. I, was, I had no intention of like. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was just like, I jokingly said, I'm like, well, I don't know. Why don't you go ask Sheldon? Go ask Sheldon why I'm not a teacher. Go bug him. Go say something about it. So one day, Julie Young, who worked in the, in the office at the time, calls me and says, Sheldon wants to meet with you. And my first thought was, oh, my God, what did I say in class? I'm in such trouble. Oh, no. I'm always cursing and talking about sex. It's awful. <laughs> So <laughs> that's what my acting teachers did. <laughs> so I go into his office, and then Sheldon, being only Sheldon, looks at me behind his big oak desk that he had at the time. <laughs> it was gigantic. And he said, so throughout the course of the semester, I have students coming in here all the time with complaint after complaint after complaint. And I'm like, I can feel myself shrinking. I'm like, oh, my God, I really did this. I said something really bad. And he's, then he looks at me and goes, and very few, very." Very rarely do I have students coming in here with positive things to say. He said, and I'm really sick of the students coming in here and talking about you. Would you like a job? <laughs> and I said, yes, please. He goes, great. Two sections of basic skills in the fall. See you then. Wow. <laughs> Again. Right place. Think, right, right, right place. Right time. Everything happens for a reason. Oh, my God. Uh, how did you, did your perspective of wanting to teach change even more when you got the job? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah and they, because then it became a thing of like, you know, I was teaching basic skills for a while, and then all of a sudden they throw me a scene study class, and then I'm teaching scene study, and I'm like, okay, okay, let's give me more. Oh, advanced scene study. Oh, character ensemble, you know. And now I've taught, like, I, I taught what used to be called acting threes, and I teach acting four, and, you know, it's it's fun. I mean, it's, it's just, it's it like, I did what my dad told me to do, which is find something that you enjoy. I mean, it is just fun. I, it, it never, it rarely, I almost said never, it rarely <laughs> feels like work. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference? Do you like, like teaching students starting out or do you like teaching students at the end of the I like both. Like, like in the fall when I teach like Foundations 2 and, and Advanced Acting Workshop, that's yeah. really fun. Because it, it, it's, it's, it is, it's fun because it's so far apart. Like yeah. this semester, I'm teaching foundations to and scenes. And so it's like the class that you go to. So it's, it's still different, but it's very similar and very close together. So I like, I like the dichotomy that exists the between the freshman and the senior. Okay. Um, can you tell the story of the student throwing a chair at you? Oh, God. <laughs> I heard about this story, and I, I thought, well, it, of course this happened in your class. Because you've probably so, seen it all. 
Um, well, I have been, I, at some point I was the teacher who had to have the ambulance called here more than any oh, other, Jesus. other teacher. Mm-hmm. I've had like, that, not lots, you know, I'm not that like, I've hurt them, but like, <laughs> like these things keep happening in class, which is why like, and I get, I, I get frustrated. I give everybody, um, well, you know this, I give everybody a sheet at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year to fill out that includes like, please tell me if you have any medical Conditions, conditions that may get in the way because I've had students not tell me and then like we go down and lay on our backs to do a breathing exercise and we have to get up and then one person's like oh I my back went out I have a back problem and I was like why didn't you tell me I wouldn't have put you on your back well I can't get up well I guess we have to call the ambulance then to get you out of here and, um, uh, so I was teaching basic skills mm-hmm. I was teaching this on the sixth floor at 6.30 at night. Oh, so I was the, and at that point, I was, that's the only class that was in the building at the time and rehearsing. So we're upstairs uh, far away from things. And I had a student who was consistently late. And at that time, we had a policy of three lates equals one absence. Mm-hmm. Uh, af- uh, on the fourth late, you fail the class. Oh, jeez. That was the policy back then. And I kept saying to him, you know, you're building it up, you're building it up, you have to, and we, we got to the point where he was at nine lates. And I said, you cannot be late for class again. You've got to find a way to get here. And it wasn't, and it wasn't even an issue of like, oh, I'm coming from work, I'm having a class, it just was late. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you have got to find a way to get here because you're going into fail. Oh, no, you can't fail me. You can't fail me. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I can. That's the policy. This is why I've been trying to get you to come on time. No, you can't. You can't. And we're all alone in the room. And all of a sudden, he picks up the chair. And he throws it. And it flies <laughs> over my head and hits the wall. And he storms out. And I'm just standing there. I was like, that was interesting. Wow. <laughs> all right. OK. And there's nothing I can do about yeah. it. I mean, we're all alone in the room. So it's probably either the next week or the following week and sure enough and it's not like it's not like a, like he comes in five minutes late mm-hmm. it's like 20 minutes oh. late mm-hmm. so he comes in late and I'm like oh my god I have to have this conversation so class is over and everybody's heading out and there were two girls that were still they were they were I think they were chatting about their scene or something they were taking their time and he comes up to me and I'm like I don't want to talk about it because I I told you I warned you I gave you every chance you're not going to fail me I said yes actually I am I'm going to fail you I said the policy is you can stay with the class to learn but you're going to fail Mm -hmm. no no you can't you have to give me a chance give me a chance I said I've given you every chance you you, you didn't pay attention (laughs) I didn't say anything about that I didn't say anything about that I said so uh, there's nothing I can do picks up the chair oh my god but he never threw it at me he threw it so it would go over my head so it goes over my head and I can see the two girls turn he storms out and they're looking at me horrified I'm like did you guys see that and they're like yeah I'm like good come with me downstairs so we can file a report nice yeah because the other time you you, you well that's just like my word against his yeah 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 and, and at the same time, I, that was my, well, the first time he threw the chair at me, it was not my instinct to go report him. It was my instinct to try to help him. Mm-hmm. That when he came back, he helped. And, I, and, and then, like, for three classes, he was on time. And that's the thing. Do you know what I mean? It was like, and then you slipped. And then I'm like, oh, what can mm-hmm. I do? Mm-hmm. Then he didn't come back to class after that. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I yeah. wonder where he is now. Did, did, he, did he apologize to any? Wow. So the last time you threw a chair, you was the last time you saw him. It was the last time I saw him. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. But that was wild. I don't know, 2000? 
How do you think the generation of students from year to year has changed? It changes a lot. Yeah? How, yeah. So, how so do you think? Um, well, I think, the, I think the type of students that come here are different than the type of students who came here when I first started teaching here. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started teaching here, I think we had a lot of students who uh, either were... I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't students here now, but the, but the majority of the students, A, didn't live on campus, B were paying for the schools themselves or or there was a I don't know the 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 attendance issue has gotten worse over 22 years mm. people are don't seem to have any qualm about not coming to class and back then people like like if somebody didn't show up a couple times I can remember other students saying what's wrong with them you know like I'm paying for this I want to be here and we kind of lost that the flip side the, the, the silver lining on that is I think the students that we have here now are more talented, mm -hmm. are more dedicated, mm -hmm. not necessarily to school, but to being actors. And then I think that, like, for, for me, my frames of reference are now, like, I can't use them, and I don't quite understand. You know, like, this whole thing was done in my class this year on an A-B scene and I just sat there going, I don't know what you guys are doing. Like, I don't know what the scene is about. And everybody else is like, it's TikTok. I'm like, oh, no. I don't know what oh. that is. Oh, I hate that. I hate TikTok. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. And they were like, well, but we all do. And I'm like, aha, well, here's a lesson for you. You can't just assume that your audience knows what you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's that becomes a very, very difficult thing. And, like, I used to, when I was first starting here, try to watch, like, things that students would watch I would I was like okay I'm watching like MTV and this <laughs> stuff or I'm watching that so that I have frames of reference Nickelodeon I'm like I hate this stuff um, and <laughs> it just reached point. I was like I'm not watching this crap anymore yeah. mm -hmm. so that's I think that's different um, I think we have more students have greater success after they leave here now than mm -hmm. we used to that's awesome yeah I mean like like just yesterday, I see that they're doing the um, uh, Chicago cast of Be More Chill mm -hmm. at the Apollo, and Teresa Laganda and Corey Tarhan, who Corey I had in class, and Teresa I knew, you know, from here, they're in the cast. It's like, there they are. Look at what they're doing, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that that's, that's a change. That's cool. That's like, I don't know how you feel. Like, we, at the time of this recording, we have two months, two and a half months until we graduate. Right. Yeah. And like, what the one thing I want to hang on to is like, whenever I do a show, I want to, I want to make sure my teacher knows, like, I got that from them. Or yeah, yeah. I got that style or that tip or that note from them so I can be mm -hmm. a better actor. And that's how, mm -hmm. I don't know how you feel when you, as you, as we are approaching graduation. No, yeah, like I agree. It's the training. <laughs> terrifying. I know. I, I put him on the spot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 actually, actually, like last semester I was like terrified he about was. graduation. He, like, we had long conversations about. Yeah, it. but now this semester I, I'm just really excited for it, and I think I know everything's gonna be okay, and I, everything's gonna turn out the way it's supposed to be to turn out. Um, and definitely, like the training I've gotten these four years, and also in my previous years back home mm -hmm. um, and it's not only the training but like the people you know and, yeah. and the teachers like the teachers are the most important thing in, in the process of becoming an actor for me because it's all the and I mean we you can have teachers that you don't really agree with um, with some comments or feedback mm -hmm. uh, but then some teachers like you really connect with 
And it's just like like you said, in the future when you're doing a show or a movie or whatever you're in, it's all your performances are the outcome of all the influences that you've had in your training and your career and your life. And and yeah, it's just I will always remember like the people who had the most the greater impact in that in like my acting like my performances mm -hmm. and, and the training and, and also like in the personal life. And um, yeah, Scott, you're one of them. Oh, yeah. The burden. <laughs> Scott Olson. So, never so when I see you on the telenovela on Telemundo, I can No, like, yes. no telenovelas. No telenovelas. When you see me... I, I mean, like, he hates it. But like, look at him. I, he, he, I do. Do you know, I forgot, I've never mentioned this to you and I just thought about it right now. When I was... Uh, I, I don't know when I was. Um, I the, the one time I, I uh, directed what do we call them now? New students we used to call them freshman mm -hmm. projects. Mm -hmm. I directed this Arthur Miller piece, and there was this uh, kid in it who played the young kid, and I, and I can't remember his name, um, but uh, Mateo, and he was from uh, possibly the Philippines. Some I can't quite remember exactly what uh -huh. from, but anyway, he went back there. He is. A giant soap opera yeah, star, yeah, yeah, like huge. Yeah, he like I see him, and he, now he's does like he's like does athletic competition. Like he's gigantic. He's a star. Yeah, he's maybe the biggest star we've ever had. I come from Colombia, <laughs> so he's even bigger than when Kanye was here for a semester. <laughs> you don't know that. What Kanye? Yes, Kanye West was at Columbia for one semester as a fashion design major. Uh, what? <laughs> Google That's it. Insane. We've, had a lot, we've had a lot of people that have been here for like just a little bit. Really? Yeah. Like David Kramer, who won a Tony a couple years he, ago. Oh, David. David's But he graduated from here, right? No, he didn't. No. He didn't. No, he didn't. No, he dropped oh. out. No. Yeah, but then no. he taught here. Oh, yeah. David taught here for years. Yeah. David and I were, were, were buddies. Nice, nice. Yeah, nice. I love David. I did a show with David. David's great. Yeah, was that Normal, Normal Heart? Heart. Yeah. yeah. David's great. I love David. Um, two questions before we get into our game. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, at this point in your career, what kind of challenges do you still want in terms of teaching or maybe just performing? Or what, do you, what still drives you? I don't know if there's anything that I want. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I, I think, I think in terms of teaching, I think in terms of teaching my challenges, please let me stay teaching, <laughs> even though I'm getting old. Um, I just love, you know, I would like to, I would like to, I would like to die in the classroom. I mean, I really would. I would like to be like, 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 you know, have this like the heart attack and just die in the classroom oh. and take me out. Um, no, I, that's terrible. <laughs> but like, I actually have said that. Um, um, I, I guess, like, in terms of like performing, it's been just really fun. Like, here's something that was both my both my undergraduate and a teacher at graduate school said the same thing to me. Didn't know each other. Years apart, both of them said to me, "If you can hang on till you're 40, things will be re things will really work for you." And they they would just leave it there, and I'm like, "Um, I'm 21. What am I <laughs> supposed am I to do till then?" Years. You know. But and they were a little off, just because I tend to look younger than I am, mm -hmm. so it took more towards like 45. Um, but I've just had like a great, great, op more interesting opportunities in terms of roles and shows in the last 10 years than 
I ever had. Mm -hmm. So, and I know that can't continue because the older I get, the less roles they are. But I'm still in an area where I can get cast a lot. And so I just look forward to like all of those challenges. They're they're fun. They're unique. I mean, I tend to usually be a horrid person. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. I'm almost, I'm always evil. I think I'm not evil in this thing that I'm understudying. I'm just an alcoholic in this one. But you know, there's always something. Um, tomato, tomato. Oh, but I've been I've uh, alcohol. I've been doing alcoholics for years. Um, uh, but um, I just look forward to that. Nice. Well, we are going to transition. Into yes. our game. I'm terrified of this. <laughs> Two minutes on the clock. Your favorite icebreakers in the world. Um, you ready? Um, yes. Okay. Are you ready? I uh, know, but we'll do it. So, yeah, do you have it? I, I don't, but uh, okay. <laughs> let me pull it up. <laughs> I thought we were using a good dude from one. Oh, we can. Reliable Ben. We can. we can if you want. Did you send it to me? Yeah, here, let me read read it off of mine. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you you got it, Ben? Yes, here. Okay. (laughs) Ready? Three, two, one, go. Would you rather live permanently in a roller coaster park or in a zoo? Oh, a zoo. Would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life? Sushi. Do you have tattoos? No. Describe your (laughs) life using one word. Uh, Fun. If you had uh, all the money in the world, what would uh-huh. <laughs> what would be the first thing you'd buy? A dog. What chore do you absolutely hate doing? What what? What chore? Oh, um, uh, 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 dusting. The best part of waking up is? Coffee. Uh, do you think a hot dog is a sandwich? No. How do you feel about putting pineapple on pizza? Oh, I love pineapple on pizza. Nice, me too. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yeah. That's uh, ricotta cheese and Canadian bacon. Oh, we haven't tried <laughs> Fantastic. that. Uh, toilet paper, over or under? Uh, over. Favorite fairy tale? Oh, gosh, Wizard of Oz. Dogs or cats? Dogs. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's if I want fries. <laughs> nice. Uh, left Twix or right Twix? I hate Twix. Oh, <laughs> What did you have for breakfast? This morning? Yes. I had two eggs over easy and two pieces of toast. Woo! Uh, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Do you believe in magic? Yes. Are you afraid of Virginia Wolf? No. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? 93. Uh, <laughs> uh, have you kicked down a door? Uh, in real life or on stage? Either. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? What? Who let the dogs out? Pass. Do you wash your hands after going to the bathroom every time? Yes. Good. Beer or wine? Wine. Uh, alligators or crocodiles? Uh, are we eating them? Favorite animal. Um, uh, well, I've eaten an alligator, and I've actually rode a bike over an alligator, thinking it was a speed bump, so I'll go with alligators. <laughs> Bruce Wayne or Batman? Uh, Bruce Wayne. Earth, wind, or fire? Fire. Uh, uh, what's your opinion of the show Friends? I hated it. <laughs> Is Ted Danson thoughts? I love Ted Danson in good in good place. Okay, great. Uh... <laughs> nice. We didn't even get to the more ridiculous ones, so don't what worry. Is, give me an example of a more ridiculous one. Uh, fork, spoon, or knife? Mm. Fork. Or uh, do you match your socks? Yes. AC or DC? <laughs> that's it. That's it. We should just done. A fun four or something. <laughs> oh, well, Scott. That was fun. That was fun. Scott, before we go, we have one final question. Oh, no. Um, Scott Olson. Yes. Are your parents proud of you? Yes. There we go. Nice. Oh. 
Scott, like we said, I, I, I'm not going to speak for Ben, but I'm gonna, I am for this part of saying we do think you're one of our favorite professors. Oh, thank yeah. you. And yeah, no, we thank you for taking the time to come down oh, and sure. talk to us. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, thank you. And this is the third time I've done a podcast. This is the most fun podcast I've ever done. Hey! That's for sure. Well, that was Scott Olson. And <laughs> that was Scott. <laughs> that was Scott. He has not changed since the first time I've had him in the class. He was my teacher. But yeah, no, I agree. He's 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 just amazing. Yeah, and like you said before, we we've learned so much from him, and we wish that he still be in our lives for years to come. <laughs> well, of course, this episode would not be done without the professional banker of this podcast, Griffin McCorgle. Thanks to Griffin, we now have exactly three dollars and a Snickers bar in our account. But that's not important right now. Ben, thank you so much again for. Uh, agreeing to co-host this episode with yeah, me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, it was a blast, and yeah. I hope you've had fun. And folks, have. if you want to follow us on Facebook, uh, you can, uh, or Instagram at Parents Proud Podcast, and you can email us at parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow the Facebook, like us on Instagram, all the above. Uh, and that is it for this week. Uh, Matt, Matt, I, I, I ate the Snickers. <laughs> oh, I, I, uh, I Oh God! I, I, you, you said okay, you said, I'll replace it with a but like you, you said, the Snickers was going to be my pay. Oh shit! Oh my God! You, get, you, you like Milky Christ. Ways? I'll get you a Milky Way. No, no, I don't. Do you I even don't. take this seriously, Matt? I'm out of here. It was a pleasure. God damn it! This is exactly what happened with Connor too. What, what, what did you do with Connor, Connor? folks? Oh, we'll see you next time. Oh,